Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun today with one of my trade show buddies. Uh, Bob Farrow is going to join us from Trusted Talent. He is an expert in the MR field and specifically about how to go about hiring the right people on your team. This is an issue that we get asked um, about a lot, but we are not experts on hiring or on finding the right kind of talent. And so we've got to have Bob on. So, Bob, welcome to Ponderings from the Perch. Well, Priscilla, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here and uh, look forward to this conversation. Well, I enjoyed listening to you speak at Quirks last year. And uh, and as soon as you were done speaking, you say, well, I'll take a couple of questions. <laughs> and I think there were like 20 hands that shot up, like, uh, could I be first? I felt like it was a press conference or something. So, <laughs> now that, Well, the, the Quirks events are always a good event. So we, yeah. we appreciate it being a part of it. And you're right. Talent is an issue that's forefront on most hiring managers' minds. And even this time of year when people are heading out on for vacation, they're thinking about it. So mm-hmm. I think it's a relevant topic. Yeah, it's really relevant. People are in a lot of pain. So tell us a little bit about the pain that people are in when they come to you. Why is it so hard, it seems, to find and employ the right talent in the market research space? What is going on? All right. So th- that's a that's a big question. There's lots of answers. But just to give you a timely example, um, today the, gr- the GRIT report came out about the 50 most innovative companies in our industry. And everybody's very excited to show up on that list. But I was just, and I spent a lot of time in LinkedIn, so I was just in LinkedIn a few minutes ago, and a, co- a friend of mine wrote an article about how come companies can't keep innovative people. Mm. And his point is, you may be, you know, if you can't retain your innovators, then you can't be maintain your position as an innovative company. So hiring and retaining innovative, creative people is, is a big issue. And that happened just a few minutes ago while I was waiting for this call. Well, you and I have talked about this. Why, you know, why is it so hard to keep those innovators? And one interesting conversation you and I launched into this is, I don't know if you'll remember this, but maybe six months or longer ago, we were talking about the reality of the market being different. And there is this thing called the gig economy, and it is affecting many industries. But how exactly is it affecting the market research industry? Well, the, the key to our industry is that today you have to do things differently than you did yesterday. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems with market researchers is they tend to be process-oriented people who don't like change. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is that they don't know what to do differently. And they, they realize that talent is important. Talent is human capital. Human capital is is an important component to their business model, but they're not sure how to change to get innovative people. Mm. So one of the things that that we've uh, that's we've discovered and have discussed with a lot of both candidates and clump companies is that the gig economy meets market research, which means uh, there's a, there's other ways to bring in talent other than just hiring full-time employees. There are ways to use consultants, and that makes very experienced, very capable people available to your organization on a shorter term basis and allows for one, you know, bringing in the skill set you may not have on your team, two, accomplishing a project you couldn't do with your current resources, or three, having a chance to work with a person to determine if you want to keep a lo- develop a long-term relationship with them. Oh, I love that. This is employment dating. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, you know, rent before you buy. Right, right. Well, I do think that kind of ties into what you said before. For some successful companies, the things that have made them successful have brought them to this place. But doing those same things ad nauseum are not going to bring them to the next level of success. And so that's also probably true. They hired certain people in, and now they have different types of projects. And so hiring the exact same people again is not going to bring them to that next level of success. Yeah, any more than selling the product, the same products you sold 10 years ago is going to work to help you make your numbers this year. Right, right. Um, You know, insights are changing uh, the way, you know, faster, better, cheaper, innovative new solutions. Um, So, for example, you know, well, I, I call it insourcing, but most companies today don't tend to go out and send an RFP out to the three major industry suppliers and wait for a response and then give them the job and then wait for the results. What insights departments tend to do today is what I call insourcing. They want to bring some tools in. They want to bring some consultants in. They want to bring it in-house. And so uh, the short version of that is DIY with services. Well, that's a really different model than what you know the bigger research agencies built ten years ago, mm. and companies that appreciate that need you know the especially the suppliers who realize that they need to switch their models and and be able to serve their clients in the way the clients expect to be served. Mm, definitely, and you would run into a lot of other issues too about how do you hire the right person so that that person stays engaged when this isn't a long-term situation. Maybe they have been hired in to consult and get a project done. How clear are the directives and, you know, and how how can you quickly ramp up and bring something like this like a specialist or a consultant in in order to really make a difference in a project? I'm sure these are all things you get asked. <laughs> right. Well, the yeah, the the, the key to a you know, to a successful company is people is a hiring manager who's willing to consider some unique talent. Right. Um, oftentimes, they're just flipping through resumes, and it's really boring. and And they can't tell when you look at a resume, is this the person I need or not? And as a cautious person, they tend to say no rather than taking a few minutes and scheduling an interview to see if this person, what does this person sound like? What kinds of hard skills? What kinds of soft skills? You know, how, how do I like them? Do they, do, would they fit our, our organization? Mm. So uh, an initial 30 minutes is a whole lot better, uh, you know, time spent if that recommendation comes from someone like m- my colleagues or people who understand both the industry and who can assess, you know, a potential candidate. So in our case, I, I talk to a lot of people all day long and I can help recommend the right kind of a skill set to, mm. to a hiring manager. Mm-hmm. So um, that makes me think of of just how much fun it is to read through and, and sort through resumes, said no one ever. <laughs> said no one ever, right. And, and talk about boring. You can put yourself to sleep with a stack of resumes, and on top of it, you miss the right person. Right. And just last week, I had a client that has a very difficult search that we're helping them with. And he said, I kept sending really good candidates. No, I don't want to talk to them. I said, wait a second. This one you should consider. So he said, okay, schedule a call. We did. He writes back an hour later, wow, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the kind of things we like to hear when, when, when you know, when we can get a good person to the surface. So. Right. Yeah, that's the only testimonial you need for a trusted talent. Wow, right. thank you. <laughs> 
maybe good night. (laughs) (laughs) So you asked people, that was an interesting question. You asked them, are you willing to consider unique talent? Um, But what are some of the other questions you ask a company when they come to you and they first say, okay, we need to hire? Well, today, the the number one thing is, is, do you have a sense of urgency? Um, Because what we find is people don't like the hiring process so much that they just drag it out Mm. in order to protect themselves from their, um, the mistake they hate the most is hiring wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So in other words, rather than making the wrong decision, they just avoid making a decision. So they build all these steps into the process that takes forever, tortures the candidate and (laughs) avoids them making the right decision. (laughs) This sounds like you've done this before, Bob. (laughs) Well, some of my clients are, 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 you know, have room to improve. Mm-hmm. And and so the sense of urgency is the key because today there aren't a lot of candidates, really, really good candidates sitting around looking for jobs. I mean, right. it's a candidate's market right. and a hiring manager needs to move a lot more quickly than they used to 10 years ago. This is this is a tough market. Mm. So what sets you apart then in this market? Because we're talking now big market, like it's a tight labor market. But let's talk specifically about the market research market. Why is trusted talent really best situated or suited, you know, to find these right matches in insights? Well, the, the key the key to our skills, our, our value add is that we understand the kinds of people that are clients are looking to hire, which means when when they bring us a job description, we really know what that person needs to know. Mm-hmm. So when we sit in an interview and talk to and screen and identify potential candidates, we're well suited at doing that matching. In other words, because the, 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 there's two parts to a match, right? Understand the job and determine that the candidate is suitable. And if you if if you had a lot of those kinds of people in your organizations before when, when we were before we were in the recruiting business, we know these people. Mm. It's really easy for us to identify a good candidate, and it's like we you know we take the top of the funnel, which is all that activity going on on LinkedIn, and we distill it down to what comes out the bottom of the funnel are a few really good candidates, and it's this it's our experience with the industry that makes the biggest difference. Well, we've talked about how we've been at Quirks together. We've also been at many other market research conferences together and specifically at ones that are around uh, insights and innovation. And uh, another conversation I remember you and I having was about really the changing face of the the market researcher themselves in terms of their skill set. And so we talked a little bit about how many years ago it was pretty big dividing line between qual and quant. Um, but now those lines are quite blurred. And then you added what you said the element before about the DIY element, people wanting tools and wanting to bring that in-house, and they're wanting a little bit more control over it. So now you may be looking for someone who is either a dyed-in-the-wool you know, um, analyst, or you may want someone who's actually a, a software programmer who understands insights. <laughs> so tell me about that crazy range of, you know, it's not just about a moderator or, you know, a qualitative researcher or someone who understands a brand tracker, you know, but now there's all kinds of technology elements included in the mix. What's that like? Well, so one example is the, uh, the client who says, I need a data analyst. Mm-hmm. And so what's a data analyst? Well, somebody called them a data wrangler. Um, <laughs> the, the issue is they need someone who can not only work with the data from inside the survey or the, or the project that they're working on, but to, 
but to relate to all the other possible data sources in the organization that can be integrated in with the data from the survey data or the mm -hmm. qualitative study. And it's that person that can bring together the other pieces of information to expand the, the, the view or the perspective that the researchers, the insight it, it, are trying to create. That's mm -hmm. the key. So the data analyst is a really different person than a, than a, than a, than a traditional researcher. Mm -hmm. For example, the question is, do you know SPSS? Yes. Do you know Python or R? No. Well, it, the, the new data analyst will know both, will be comfortable with a platform like SPSS as well as will be able to do the data wrangling in a platform like Python. So mm -hmm. it's that kind of change that is really, con that's one example of the, of the changing skill set that hiring managers are looking for. Yeah, and you know that that uh, those questions to ask just for the data analyst. And then so you, your team basically goes through and will understand then all of those specific questions to the roles. Is that right? Exactly. And it, 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 you know, we're, I may not have ever been a data analyst and I can't program in Python, but we can identify candidates and screen them and understand if they have those skill sets. And that's, that's just another piece of the value add. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. The reason why, the real reason why I called you and asked you to be on my podcast, <laughs> dun, 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 here's the reveal, is because you have a cool tool out there. And like I said, we get a lot of questions from people. Hey, Priscilla, you know, a lot of people in MR, I'm looking for this. Can you find it? And just like, I am not an HR person, please. <laughs> I, do, I do not, I do not love to go through LinkedIn and, you know, look for, matches for your next employee. I, I would like to do sales and I'd like to connect um, and, and use LinkedIn for networking. So I already have a hard enough time hiring on my own side. <laughs> um, but you have a really cool tool that's on your website about really getting um, giving people just immediately some guidance on what is the next hire that you need. And you and I talked about this a little bit about how people are generally confused when they're about ready to hire someone in their market research department because they may have an assumption that they need a particular person, but they really, with a little bit of guidance, might consider maybe a different type of role or a different type of employment. And we hinted that at that just a little bit when you said the first question was, are you willing to consider unique talent? So tell me about this quiz that you've uh, developed and why it's a good first step for people to understand what am I even looking for out there? How could I describe what I'm looking for? Yeah, the, that's that's a tough question because the, the 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 question is really how do we help a hiring manager figure out how to bring the right person onto their team? Mm -hmm. So once they've gotten to the point where they realize they're behind the eight ball, they're they're you know they can't keep up. They've got more. That's a nice problem to have, right? They've got mm -hmm. a growing organization. They've got some successes with their clients, and they need some more good talent. So in a good place, where do they go? And so one of the things we try to do is to, is to simplify with a short little questionnaire, what is the kind of skill sets? Is it a, is it a consultant or is it a full-time person? Is it a data analyst? Is it a traditional researcher? And basically begin to narrow down the field so that by the time they reach out to us, we've, we've started this distilling process so that we can make the challenge you know, the, the, the target a little more specific and therefore a little more able to be accomplished. Right, right. So it, it, for, for the feedback on that, what have you heard? You know, people, do they struggle to really break down what it is they, they need? What, what's going on in that conversation? Yeah, it, 
Well, once we can start to talk with a hiring manager, everything starts to get a little better. It's mm. before they talk to us when they're still, you know, thinking about posting a, a job description on a job board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, you know how effective that is or starting to go through LinkedIn and look for potential candidates in their network. Uh, everybody does that at first. But once they get tired of that and reach out past those and begin to look for some help, then then the discussions can get more productive. Okay. So we've talked about that a little bit about helping people understand what they need and and um, and really distilling that job description or that look and feel of the role. But let's talk secondly about culture. How does trusted talent help a hiring manager? really, you know, codify what it is that they're talking about in their culture so that they could find a good culture fit? That's probably the toughest job. Mm. Um, that's not easy to do. And everybody's usually quite nervous about it. Uh, we've actually experimented with some profiling techniques. We have a, a questionnaire that they can take and we can, you know, put people in one of four quadrants. And then there's another, there's a couple of other tools that you can actually you know, run the same questionnaire against the people on your team so that you know how your team looks and then you identify a candidate and does it match your team. So we've done some of that. Uh, we've done video inter- uh, cover letters. So like the, uh, the the candidate will do, a, instead of sending a cover letter, they'll do a video recording of a cover letter to help the hiring manager get a sense for who they are. I mean, lots of techniques like that will help uh, a hiring manager. Every one of them likes to do it a different way. Some some companies rely on us to help them more. Others have these big internal systems that they're you know required to use. So it, it, the cultural fit is a challenge, and uh, it you know it's often um, very difficult. And like I said, the key to it is to move through it quickly with a sense of urgency, mm-hmm. uh, so that you you don't lose a candidate that you want. The most frustrating thing of all is a hiring manager who misses out on a good candidate and then gets upset that that we didn't move quick enough, but it was really them. (laughs) Right. And it's two-sided to it. They can't afford to hire a wrong person, but they can't afford to sit and wait and miss out on the opportunity of someone who may only come up into the market one time. Exactly. And it's, it's frustrating for both of us. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we talked a little bit about that, about helping people figure out what the role is. And then secondly, going a little deeper and helping companies really find the right culture fit, being sensitive to those types of needs and and the kind of work environment. But let's talk a little bit about, you know, your time in this market and how you have really developed a, a strong pool of candidates. Tell us about how people create a candidate profile with you and, and why that, you know, you're really able to mine that um, richly for your actual clients. Thank you. Um, yeah, in our in the recruiting world, we call that sourcing, which is a sort of a simple oversimplification of the process. How do you identify candidates? And you know, in the beginning, when we started, you know, four years ago, we we basically we know a lot of people in this industry for having been in it for twenty years, and all of my colleagues have twenty years plus experience as well. So our this is an industry of relate where relationships really matter, and so that's always the first place you start. But in reality, we don't know everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you do next? So we have a, a, a platform that allows candidates to create a, a profile. And the key to a profile is that we can search it and match it to, to selection criteria in a specific job description. So we have positions and we have candidates and we have um, 
ex- expertise to find in, in words that are matchable. And so we match them up and we become the matchmaker. And the platform allows us to keep track of candidates and go back to them over time. And uh, as well as, so when a, new, when a new position shows up, we've got a pool of people we can start with. Mm. That's our internal platform. Plus we do the, you know, we have the, the, uh, the LinkedIn, which gives you access to everybody on the planet. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so when you're at a trade show, what's on your mind? We talk a lot here about trade shows and making the best for it, but you're out there mixing, talking with everybody in the street. And I got to say, your superpower is listening. You are such a good listener, Bob. It's just almost ridiculous. Um, and I think this is why you and I end up in great conversations because I like to talk and you like to listen. <laughs> Good combination. Okay, okay, it's good. Um, but you are such a good listener. So when you're at these trade shows, what are you listening for and what are you hearing? Well, the first of all, the reason for going to a trade show is that these days it's the only time you see anyone in person, mm-hmm. right? It's it's so hard these days to get a, a an in-person meeting. I spend all of my time on Zoom calls, so we're doing video conferencing, but that's different than standing in front of a person face-to-face. So the reason we go to events is to, you know, be to reconnect with our friends and our colleagues and to make new contacts. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result, um, you know, our, our, our network grows. The second thing, like you said, is to listen. How, this industry is changing very, very quickly. And there are influencers. There are new methodologies, technologies, approaches that we need to learn about. And to, you know, to do that, to stay abreast it's best to be in front of the, you know, the, the best and brightest and the innovative people at a trade show. Well, I'd like to point out that you one time won the best shoes award at one of the trade shows that we attended. <laughs> and well, so, uh, you know, that, you can't... That is, that is very important, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get that kind of, you know, uh, uh, exposure unless you go to the trade shows, Bob. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I love it. And, I love it. You know, I, yeah. I, so instead of having the biggest booth, I have the shoes. Right? That's right. I love it. Um, well, you guys have a great blog and you really stay, you know, current with what's going on. But I got to tell you, it was a pretty funny blog that came out um, uh, this summer. And it was about the top 10 things that you could do to better spend your time rather than scouring LinkedIn for your next hire. And I like to start that with what I said earlier was looking at LinkedIn uh, to find your next hire um, is not one of the things that I ever want to spend my time doing. Exactly. You're not the only one. So. No, but I love it. There's a couple suggestions. And I got to tell you, as the business owner, I liked one of the suggestions of I could actually, you know, call, pick up the phone and call one of my best customers, you know, talk to them. <laughs> Things that, you know, we, we say we don't have time for, but, you know, sending recruiting over to recruiting experts should give me that amount of time. Um, but there was one on here that I thought you must have uh, written quite personally, and that, that was that um, you could go spend more time with your grandchildren. And uh, it, it said in the blog, your grandchildren aren't going to spoil themselves. But a fun fact about you is you have a great grandchild. Yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, the um, we were at we were at an event when my my son called to tell us that he has his first grandson, and that was a shocking moment. I was like, really? <laughs> so anyway, it was it's it's fun, and we were with them all this weekend, and it was great to have all of us uh, together enjoying each other. So it's family time cool. is important, and it's a whole lot better than you know sitting and looking at LinkedIn if that's not your primary job. <laughs> right, absolutely, absolutely. So where what shows are you going to be at this year, Bob? Well, the year's almost over. We've got two events left. We'll be going to uh, SMR Congress in Edinburgh in September. 
and then the TMRE event in Las Vegas in October. Okay. And do you feel like next year you're going to be on tack with the same amount? Are you going to be doing as much travel or more or less or what's going on? Well, yeah, it's always a trade-off. Um, we, we obviously like the travel part of it, um, but the, the, you know, the, uh, we'll, we'll be doing the Quirks events again because we, we, we're happy with the new one in London and the, uh, the new one in Chicago. Those worked well as well as the, the traditional one in Brooklyn. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll do those at least, and we're always looking for new, new things to add to that list. Oh, very cool. Well, I wanted to give people a chance to get to know you just a little more personally since I'm the person who gets to hang out with you at the shows, and they don't, they don't get to have all those fun times. Um, but I'd like to hear from you maybe the best and the worst piece of advice that you've, you've had in your career over the years. That was a hard, that's a hard question. I, I, know, you know, I This is why I send this to people ahead of time, because I'm, I always end with one of those questions. And I know that's hard to be put on the spot. All right. So one of the, actually, this is very, very current, but one of the concepts is just to learn to let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a high control person like I am, letting go is a challenge, but it's really uh, pretty important. So that's mm-hmm. one of the best advice. That's, that's what I'm actually working on now. Very cool. So. Have you received horrible advice over the years that you absolutely uh, want to yeah. jettison? <laughs> if you ever work for a high control person who doesn't like change, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't change anything. That's bad advice. Oh, sacred cows and all that kind of stuff. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's do a little rapid fire. Are you are you a big podcast person, or is or just when I ask you to come on? <laughs> no, I, I'm not. But I have I have one that I follow because in learning more about our industry, I listen to a, a, a recruiter who's big in Australia, a guy named Greg Savage, mm-hmm. and it's he's been really helpful. He's like a coach mm-hmm. to other recruiters in this you know that part of the world. He's He's a kind of a fun guy, too. Yeah. An interesting personality. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, so on your phone, favorite app, a go-to? You travel all the time, so my guess well, is it's going to be a travel one. But No, no. It, what, yeah, the, the travel's easy. But the, the interesting one is a daily um, a reading that I do called The Language of Letting Go, which is where that comes from. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's complicated. And if, if you understand the jargon, you'd know what that means. But The Language of Letting Go is one of the apps I use the daily. Oh, very cool. Are you currently reading a, a real book, like one with the spine and pages? <laughs> well, one of the one of the important books that I did read that has still has an impact on me daily is a book called Younger Next Year. Mm-hmm. That's a worthy goal, right? All right. I like. Well, I have to admit, you look very, very young. So, you, whatever it is on the book that you're doing, you're doing a, a good job on it. <laughs> well, well, younger next year is full of advice on how to how to how to manage your life, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it was helpful to me. Yeah. Well, you seem to have that real joie de vivre. You know, when when we're around, we're talking, and Danette's, you know, with you for a lot of the travel, and so I think that's very cool. You get to share all of that travel and those experiences with your spouse, obviously. You're very family oriented, but if you could pull like one one nugget out of younger next year, what's something that sticks with you all the time? Well, it's the the idea is relatively simple. It's to develop a, a, a pattern of activity of exercise that you can develop that you can maintain consistently for the rest of your life. Mm. So it's you know 45 minutes of exercise a day for the rest of your life, and. You know, so that means when you start, you don't start out like a crazy person and hurt yourself, but you mm-hmm. develop something you can repeat regularly. And we've learned to do that, and it includes a variety of activities. And it's so far, we're very thankful that it's working well. Oh, that's very cool. They say that, you know, and here's market research for you that any change, your diet, your finances, your, you know, your health, your spiritual health, your mental health, any of those, if it's not something that's sustainable, uh, the brief moment of it will not help you. 
Exactly. Sustainability yeah. is, is the key. And, and so healthy living on a daily basis uh, works. And that was the, the secret of well, Younger Next Year. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so last thing, a favorite blog. What, what do you follow in the industry or even outside if it's something fun? Well, again, if I'm always in LinkedIn, LinkedIn is kind of an interesting spot to see what people are thinking about on a daily basis. So like the example I gave you at the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. Kumar is a, a friend of mine and he's he was writing in Forbes magazine. And so I get a really good view of the world on a daily basis just scrolling through what people post there. Yeah. So Yeah. So um, how much how many hours a day do you think you're on LinkedIn? All, almost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's really funny because you know when when Microsoft bought them for twenty five billion dollars, mm-hmm. it, it said there must have been something there, and it, it is. It gets bigger every year. So. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's completely underestimated. Personally, hey, by just by the way, have you checked your SSI score? Yeah, mine's almost as good as yours. Oh, <laughs> what's yours, Bob? I think it was like 83 or 90 something. It was pretty high. Ooh, that that is really high. That is really I'll high. Get you that one. Yeah, Thanks. I was on I was on the phone today with uh, Mike Kissin from Fuel Cycle, and uh, we were we were comparing SSI scores too. And he was I, I did beat him out, and so I'll have to put that throw down in here. I was at 85 today, and I think he was at 70 something, but. Gosh, anything over 70 is great, and it shows that mastery in such a such a wonderful space. So I'm at 74. All right. So I got yeah. top 1%, yeah. top 6%. And yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm making progress. Looks yeah. like I got yeah. some room to improve. Uh, I don't so know. You, well, I, I don't know. After 85, I don't know if it goes anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you know, once you're you're already in the top 1%, I mean, what right. what is it that you're going to do that's really going to drive something, you know, completely different? I don't know. But hey, I, I got, we talked a little bit about your quiz about, you know, how, you know, you kind of get started with trusted talent. So I'm going to give um, just uh, our our listeners um, where the, uh, some indication of where they can find this because it is really great. If you're struggling in the MR world, uh, first of all, Bob obviously is a you know a fount of knowledge <laughs> on um, hiring the right the next great hire that you need. But you can go visit them at trustedtalentmr.com forward slash resources. And uh, there's actually a quiz there. Um, it just says, take uh, take this quiz, your next great MR hire. So be sure to check that out, trustedtalentmr.com. Bob, we get questions like this all the time. Are you willing to come back on Ponderings from the Perch and, and help our audience out a little bit? I'll be happy to, and I appreciate your time today. No, it's cool. It's cool. This is just where we're really providing just value in the market uh, research industry. But if you are headed out to any of those events as we wrap up the season this year, or even into, uh, you know, we start we we start back in October uh, 2019 and head into the 2020 season, I'm sure you'll be able to catch Bob. But definitely, if you really want to talk with him, go catch him on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> thank you definitely where he is okay have a great day bob and thanks so much thank you and have a good day yourself from all of us here at little bird marketing have a great day and happy marketing This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.